Hey friends, welcome to my podcast, Midlife Plot Twists. I'm your host, Lucy Baber. In this podcast, we explore all of the totally unexpected ways life seems to change as we inch closer to midlife. Most of our episodes are geared toward women in their late 30s to early 50s, and we talk about things like relationships and sudden career changes, making space for new life goals, making peace with the past, and coming to terms with all that weird stuff that happens to our bodies as we get older. I hope you'll finish each episode feeling inspired, informed, and empowered. I'm so excited that you've tuned in, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Midlife Plot Twists. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Lucy Baber and you are listening to Midlife Plot Twists. Today I have my dear friend Paige Lewis, who is my hairdresser actually, (laughs) but um, we're friends now too. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Paige. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi. Hey. You should always be friends with your hairdresser or something's wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. Why don't you go ahead and tell me how long you've been doing this line of work, what you've been up to the past few years. You could also like this is a podcast about age. So like please tell us how old you are and sure, all of that fun sure, stuff. Sure, sure. I have been a hairstylist for 16 plus years, which sounds like so very long to me at this point, (laughs) but it also feel, I feel every bit of those years. I have owned my own salon for 12 years and also feel every bit of those years. (laughs) (laughs) I am also a makeup artist. I um, have dabbled in photography. I am an artist and a writer and I I don't know what else to say yeah I am uh 35 now I'll be 36 in March cool and um I have had several life twists which I think is why I'm here Um, (laughs) (laughs) and I I don't know which ones you want to talk about but I would say I had a, a a teenage life twist a couple of teenage life twists that were really huge I think a lot of people have teenage life twists but mine were were probably bigger than most mm-hmm. um and then I had uh you know a 12 a year relationship marriage that ended and the life twist there mm-hmm. <laughs> and and now I'm experiencing another life twist at 35 so I have a lot to talk about so I you know bring it at me <laughs> okay so, <laughs> so let's work our way backwards so you own your salon and um also I I don't want to stiff your darling daughter uh but yes. you've got an amazing child that you're raising the best <laughs> and, <laughs> And you've got some stuff that's kind of been thrown at you the past couple years, I feel like, right? Yeah. So start start (laughs) with now and then we'll kind of like work our way back. What's been going on the past few years? So I got separated from my daughter's dad in 2016. Mm -hmm. We've been officially divorced for three years, I guess. Um, And, you know, things... Things are rocky 
as they sometimes get in these situations, Mm -hmm. which I can't go into too much, but it's, it's a, a strange situation because we are business partners. Yeah. And our, our business is, it's really probably on its way out uh, Mm. with the pandemic and just what's happening. You know, even before the pandemic, the the salon industry was changing so much Mm. and we're starting to see a decline in um, the industry as a whole. And a lot of larger salons were shutting down. And then um, when the pandemic hit, um, what we were going uh oh about, we were like, oh, this is this will be the end. <laughs> mm. And uh, you know, there was all sorts of help that that they suppose the quote unquote they supposedly were giving out and all of that. And it just doesn't matter in the end when when you're back up and running and there's no clients to serve (laughs) and then that's what we're dealing with and it's not about us and what we're doing or not doing because we've gotten nothing but glowing reviews about what we've done for safety measures and all of that Mm -hmm. um so we're we're looking at possibly the end of uh our business and for me personally either way I I am looking at the end of my career as a stylist because of health reasons. Yeah. So tell me, tell me like a, I know, you, I know we've got a laundry list of health I stuff, know. <laughs> but like, give me like the, the two minute pitch on like all the yeah, stuff. I do not want this to be like the Debbie Downer of podcasts right now. <laughs> no, you're Cause fine. like I could so easily go that route and I do not want to. <laughs> But I mean, Uh, but it's, it's relevant because listen, like you, you are not the only person in this stage of life who has, or will have to face, uh, career based decisions around health concerns, right? Cause our bodies age and they go through stuff. And so I think it's important for people to hear that, like somebody who is like, like from all outside appearances, young and vibrant and like full of life can still have to make these really tough decisions. So, so talk me through this a little bit. Oh, this was, it's so interesting that you've just put put that the way you put it, because I was really thinking about this today and like struggling with it. And I almost went, (laughs) went and put it on the community page. And then I just went, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I don't even want to go there with anybody <laughs> um but you know I always take you there with me so let's, right, let's go, right. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um I was I was gonna go on and ask if there was anybody that could help us shovel mm. you know we just had a huge snowstorm and I looked outside and I what looked like oh okay maybe it's gonna be all right maybe it's gonna be all right turned into I will not be able to do this yeah like physically Um, you won't physically yeah yeah um so quickly I'll (laughs) go into that I have a rare connective tissue disorder it's genetic I was born with it it's called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and it for it is there are many different types and for every person that has it it um presents itself 
differently. So mm. I can only tell you what it mine does for me. Okay. For me, it means I frequently have dislocations of my joints. Um, like frequently, I mean several joints several times a day. Mm. So I'm in constant chronic pain. Uh, most people know what a dislocation is. That's when your joint fully like comes out of the uh, socket. Uh, subluxation would be when it like partially comes out of the socket and it's just kind of like hanging there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's usually what you have going on when you go to the chiropractor and they crack your back Gotcha. as a subluxation. So that's happening to me all the time. And those are usually more painful even. Um, and so those are happening to me all the time. And then, you know, usually a dislocation is happening to me at least a few times a day. Wow. And it's, mostly happening in the in the joints that I'm using the most for work because they have uh degenerated the most because it is a degenerative disorder it will get worse Mm. over time and whatever I use the most will get worse faster and it will be the joint that wears down the most you know so it's it is one of those things where I look like a totally normal person on the outside Mm-hmm. Um, and then you top it off with, I'm a bubbly, smiley, <laughs> happy <laughs> person with bright pink hair. And I just look like fun. And <laughs> I, you know, I wear a, a lot of support things under my clothes to help me just get through. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's an invisible illness. And some days I'm hardly walking. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's very difficult. And I, I thought of today when I was going to put the thing on, on the community page, I was going to say, we're that we're me and my partner are both disabled and we're that cool kind of disabled where we look like normal young people. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though. Like to look at the two of you, I'd be like, you can't shovel what but that's that's the thing is like people need these reminders that like there are especially okay like don't get me on this huge sidetracked rant but especially in the age of Facebook groups that want to complain about all these young people hopping the line for COVID vaccines I'm like you do not know what is going on in a person's life? Like you have no idea. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's, that's completely fair. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I got to think my neighbors just think we're the assholes with our, our, you know, everything that goes on in our house <laughs> that we just like the trash that it falls over and we get to it when we get to it, you know, (laughs) sorry. And they're like these young kids, you know, I know they think that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, who the, who the fuck cares? (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's where I've gotten to. It it took me a really long time. It did. And really the pandemic is what changed all of it. Um, I, it changed my perspective on almost everything. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I know that's not the only, uh, physical air- ailment, but that, is that like, that's the biggie, that's, that's the biggie, the biggie. For it trumps everything. <laughs> yeah. That's the one that's like writing the decision on about career um, stuff. Yeah. Because, uh, the doctor told me when I was diagnosed, 
with this, uh, that was like the first thing out of his mouth. He was, he said, um, your hairstylist, uh, you know, you're 31, which was what I was at the time. Mm-hmm. You're 31 and your neck is full of arthritis already. Um, and you, you, you've got a job where you're looking down all day with your arms up. You need, you, you need to not do that job anymore. <laughs> I mean, just very point blank. (laughs) So that was, you know, uh, it'll be five years in March. How long ago that was. (laughs) Yeah. So it's been, it's been something, it doesn't feel like it was necessarily a surprise, but it's still like lots of things piled on all of a sudden at once that is like driving this quicker than maybe you realized at the time. Yeah. I just, I had, I felt that I had no choice. Mm Mm-hmm but to keep going, um, which is something I'm working on in therapy. Yep. Um, (laughs) and I, you know, I will live with the consequences of that forever. Unfortunately. Um, I won't ever know if my body would have been greatly better than this if I had not done this job or if I had quit sooner. Well, it's so hard to tell because I mean, yeah, who knows? like people sit at desks and work at computers yes. all day and still have arthritis and, you know, all of the things. Yes. So like maybe it would have been trading one for another. Yes. Those um, jobs are not good for people with my condition either. So it's, it's, it's honestly a trade-off and I did the job that I loved for a really long time. So yeah. I am happy with that. <laughs> yeah. And you've, you've also like trained some really awesome people and mm-hmm. built built this like community that I want to believe will manifest in other awesome ways down the road. I I think so. I hope so. I've had a lot of positive feedback from people in the community that have come back to the salon and are appreciative that we're there and the effort that we're putting in. And that really do want to support us. So I, I think that people, you know, there, there's people that have been coming to that salon for 30 years. Wow. It, it's crazy. Um, so I think that people do appreciate that we're there. I can't imagine the salon being closed. It feels like such a, such a like pillar in the community, but yeah. you know, everything, everything changes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And it's going to be an adjustment. So tell me, tell me what's, what's next on the horizon then. Cause you've got some exciting shifts happening and. Oh my goodness. Um, so I have been really just shifting all my focus to art, which, you know, I consider myself an artist now. Um, I just have a different canvas. <laughs> <laughs> I work on people, but I, during the pandemic I was I mean we're still in the pandemic during the lockdown Mm -hmm. I was really just I I didn't know what to do with myself not doing hair yeah (laughs) I have never in my life taken four months off of work Mm -hmm. um since I started work when I was 14 years old (laughs) I, Mm -hmm. I like literally I had I thought about it and I was like nope there has never been a time I have 
worked <laughs> always like I it was the longest I've ever been home and I just started to go a little crazy I think like we all did yeah and I was like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna get some art supplies I'm gonna start painting <laughs> and you know I had a lot of stuff I've dabbled in painting before but I I wasn't great you know it wasn't I wasn't good I would get frustrated because what was in my brain was not coming out on the paper <laughs> and that that was too frustrating for me because I'm a perfectionist <laughs> and I have a very photographic like brain I don't, you know everybody's brain works differently but I can really picture things in my head and if I couldn't put it on the paper how I pictured in my head I was like get rid of it get it out of my sight <laughs> <laughs> Any artist listening will understand. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> I started just watching like YouTube videos, how-to videos, instructional okay. videos, just other artists. If I wanted to know how to do one certain thing, I would look up how to do that certain thing. And then I joined TikTok and that <laughs> sounds so crazy, but like I just started watching artists on TikTok. Wow. And literally just watching these like 15, 30 second, one minute videos of other artists doing things, doing their own artwork. And they're not doing instructional videos. I'm just watching their artwork. Yeah. I figured out how to do things. And so anyway, that's, incredible. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's been, it's been crazy to watch the progression of what I've been doing. Um, but I'm, I am so passionate about it because it has been so great for my mental health mm. and it's been such a great um, escape for me to yeah. be able to, I don't know about you, but I, I have a very hard time just turning my brain off. I'm a very <laughs> high anxiety person. Uh, you, 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 you reached the right <laughs> audience here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I am a racing thoughts person. Mm-hmm. So it, it helps me to just shut that off and focus on something and, um, you know, lines, little line work and mm-hmm. little details. It really helps you like hone in. And I think any person that is a high anxiety person or type A personality, anybody that um, would describe themselves as any of these things anybody that has ADHD raise your hand um (laughs) all of those things (laughs) where you could describe yourself as being someone that has hyper focus yeah which I have had used to describe me in both a very negative and a very positive way (laughs) um it's great art is great for because you can really use that hyper focus to focus in on little tiny details and it's so therapeutic to yeah, just it, it, it sounds like it's like a it's very meditative for you oh yeah yeah because I have never been able to just like lay down and like clear my head and mm-hmm. no I'm like okay what are we gonna have for dinner tonight do we have enough cans of tomato yeah. to make that <laughs> and like no I can't do it or I fall asleep yeah. Like there's no, it's just not for me. So I think there's a lot of people like me in that way. Yeah. And I think that um, it's very beneficial to 
a lot of people, they can feel um, better in their self-esteem to have something in the end result mm-hmm. to have to go, oh, look, um, I made something. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, I truly believe that every single person can create art. Absolutely. So um, my new venture is uh, not only creating art myself and um, yes, I'm selling art. I am taking commissions for art. I make art every day for myself, but I am also um, a certified therapeutic art coach and I am helping others um, learn these techniques to use art as therapeutic meditative processing tools for trauma and stress reduction what really whatever you need it for Mm -hmm. um even if it's like hey I just want to learn how to draw and turn my brain off yeah because that's that's what I use it for or if it's like hey I have some really blocked memories trauma that I've been working on in therapy and I just really every time it comes up in therapy I don't seem to be able to like hash it out but I think I might be able to like draw something that relates to it Mm -hmm. this is something that you can you know bring out in this kind of scenario you know a lot of people find it as a useful tool in addition to um, therapy counseling it's not in replacement of yeah, I, that's actually the first question I wanted to ask is, um, as as a former therapist, you know, I'm very familiar with the art therapy world. How is this coaching certification that you have different than an art therapy role? And and also, how did you go about getting this certification? I didn't yes. know that was a thing, so tell me all the yeah. things. Yeah, so it's um, something that you can do online with, you know, coaching hours online and getting your uh, certification online. Mm -hmm. This is not therapy. This is more about using the actual art itself Mm -hmm. to process thoughts that you're having, um, trauma that you're having, using it as meditative tool. Uh, It works really well in tandem with therapy, Gotcha. but it would never be something where I'm trying to counsel the person. <laughs> right. So it sounds it sounds like you're not necessarily even goal oriented like a therapist might be. It's more just like anyone who has the the feelings processed but doesn't know how to put it out into the world in a creative form. Yeah, definitely. So it would be somebody that um and also uh, I I think this is something really great for adolescents mm-hmm. and kids. I did this with my daughter and she really liked it. There's, I think, <laughs> I think there's something that blocks a lot of people from being able to just kind of sit and do the meditation thing, mm-hmm. um, especially younger people. Cause I've always been resistant to it. Like mm-hmm. even just the, like, take, three deep breaths. Yep. <laughs> um, I know my daughter, like that's the, that's like a trigger to her. Like yeah. she'll freak out. But when you, when you can do something like, okay, listen, you're really, something has really been bothering you 
about school. Mm-hmm. Let's let's focus on that. Let's think about that. And I want you to think about it for a few minutes. Just close your eyes. Talk about it in your head. And then without saying anything, I want you to just draw with no intention a picture. And you, you know, you'd have art supplies there whatever they choose Mm -hmm. and draw with no intention, meaning don't have a plan in mind. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of amazing what comes out. Um, And then afterwards, you as the coach, helping them process what they've made. Um, And uh, I know you, Lucy, you do vision boards. (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah so that's something that I use as a tool with this too Mm -hmm. so um vision boards would be something that you could do for therapeutic art but I like you know drawing and painting things on the vision board because I think that it's more therapeutic um there there's like a lot of um there's like research behind you know like the the repetitive movements the kind of like long and short strokes behind you know like actually painting or drawing that like the the movement piece is really an important part of the the processing Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of people kind of over or underestimate um but I'm actually I'm thinking as you're talking I don't know if I've ever gone on my rant about hypnotherapy to you, but I'm a huge fan of hypnotherapy. And <laughs> as my voice hypnotizes you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so so here's the thing about hypnotherapy. A lot of people think that it's like, uh, you know, the, you are getting very sleepy or whatever. No, but I've it's been like, hypnotized. Yeah, like it's it's very um the the goal with with a well-trained hypnotherapist is to get you to go into trance. And the cool thing that I learned about trance is that it doesn't necessarily mean that you're like falling asleep and going like bug-eyed to the clock or whatever. It's like, we do this every day when we create things, when we like kind of get in the zone, when we, mm-hmm. when we drive, you know, like that, that's that like mindset of like doing a repetitive thing that kind of like helps you highway hypnosis yeah exactly (laughs) and then like you've been driving and you like get to your destination you're like wait a minute how did I then you like forget all the steps because you've just kind of zoned out that is trance and that's exactly what you're talking about it's this like cool space that artists and creative people and even like athletes get to go into quite easily or musicians Um, so you're just helping people tap into that a little easier. Exactly. Maybe, maybe they just exactly. need that like guidance to teach them how to get there. Exactly. I'm a guide. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I actually, I actually um, talked to so many people and I was like, I really hate the word coach, you guys, but that's what the <laughs> certification uses. Mm-hmm. And I hate that word. And I was like, I want to use maybe guide guidance. And I just couldn't find a word. I just couldn't find a word. So, you know. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. I have I have wrestled with that over the years as well with uh, mentoring. So yeah, coach yeah. has coach has this like weird stigma, and it does. People have kind like of it. abused it. Yeah, uh, I think guide is a better word for me, and I I do feel a lot more uh, because I consider myself a very strong 
empath. Mm -hmm. I do feel like a much more, I even hate this word, like spiritual (laughs) connection to it. So I think that guide is like a better, like, you know, weird hippie word. So that fits me more. (laughs) I I love it. I mean, it it does, I think it does fit you really well. I think your, your presence is very warm and comforting and like relaxing. So it would make sense that you'd be oh, a great thank you. guide to help people with that. So, so you're, you're venturing into this artistic realm. Yes. I, uh, I I'm torn between like moving backwards and talking about <laughs> some of the stuff from the past. And also there's so much. Uh, well, so here. let's take this roundabout path for a second, because I did your headshots recently. Yes. Um, we were able to work together back when it was warm out and not two feet of snow on the ground. Um, and during that time when we were um, chatting, you also mentioned some blogging stuff coming up. And I think that some of that ties in and, and the writing, I think some of that ties in with the stuff from your past. So yes. how do you want to bring <laughs> that into the conversation too? Yeah. So I knew stuff, my guide stuff. Yep. <laughs> Basically thought of the title to my book one day. Yeah, that that sounds like the perfect way to start. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) One day I was in the shower and I thought of the title to my book. And it was so strange that it just kind of popped into my head that way. I thought about it and it was four words and I thought about it over and over. And I was like, yeah, that's it. I think that's it. And then I came out and I went to my partner and I said, Okay, I'm going to say four words, and I think they describe me very well, and I want you to tell me if you agree, and he <laughs> this, said, this sounds like a trap, knowing Kim, I'm like, did he say no? <laughs> it, well, you know, he was just kind of like, okay, <laughs> he's like, I, okay, I said, pink, tiny, angry mighty yeah (laughs) and he said I like it (laughs) (laughs) so I knew I knew it was a winner so that is the name of my website pinktinyangrymighty.com and um that will be the title of my future memoir (laughs) yeah um and in the meantime uh the memoir I will I'm kind of writing all the time. And as I'm writing, I'm sorting things like, all right, this is kind of stuff that's happening right now. That's for the blog. And this is really like ancient history stuff. I'm putting that in the, in the book. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I'm, I'm sorting things. So um, don't be disappointed. uh, Anyone listening that goes right now, uh, because it's not up yet. (laughs) (laughs) The, The website is up. The blogs are not on there yet. But um, soon. Um, But yes, that is a very important part of uh, what's happening with me. I hope to be doing art and writing exclusively in the future. (laughs) So, so you're, all of this is kind of working towards like a similar goal, which is not only helping you to like 
deal with the here and now and make this big career shift. But it's also like processing a lot of this stuff from your past that some of it is like so far outside of most people's everyday experiences <laughs> that it will probably be shocking, right? And then other yes. parts are a little bit more universal and will probably help people yeah. figure out their own stuff. So so tell me about, let's just dive into the shocking. Let's just dive into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So I was raised in a religious cult. I'm assuming that's what you want to speak about. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's just go there. <laughs> let's just go in. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. <laughs> so um, I was born and raised in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. who, which most people know as Mormon. Mm-hmm. and my parents were both converts uh they both my dad converted with his family when he was a kid my mom converted as a 20 something mm-hmm. and that's pretty important because converts are typically much stronger than people that are born in uh because okay. you you chose it you didn't just get born in you know yep, that makes <laughs> you sense. sought it out and chose it so my parents are quite quite strong believers. Then the thing, I I think the thing that shifted for me most, uh, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately, uh, right around age 12, uh, we moved across the country to another state. Mm -hmm. And uh, up until that point, I really was just the absolute epitome of a cult kid. Like Mm. I had my, my friends that I had been with since birth, they were all in the same cult, you know, ward is what we call it. So, you know, there's a lot of words that mainstream people won't understand. So (laughs) they're all in the same like meeting group as Mm me. All our moms like had us right around the same time. And we all had like much older siblings. So we were all the late in life baby. So everything about us was like, you know, we were this like pack of like four or five girls that like, you know, we had just been together our whole lives. So I didn't know anything other than that. And then all of a sudden I'm 12, which is like a very pivotal age. Yeah. Because that's when you turn into uh, the young women's group. That's when you're, you know. It's like the equivalent of like youth group, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So right when, when you're getting into this upper level, mm-hmm. I now leave all my friends that I've known my whole life and I move to this whole other side of the, the country. Mm-hmm. And now I'm with new people that I don't know. Yeah. And was that a, was that a decision based on somebody's job or what, what prompted that? Because it is like a very firm community, it sounds like. So yes. to make that decision yes. would be a big one. Now Mormons are everywhere, but yeah, you do tend to kind of stay with your group Mm -hmm. because communities are more or less strict and Mm. yeah, more or less whatever they are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It really, it really depends on the extremes, but um, my family had another family that we were close to and they lived there. So we went and we were near them, but that was it. Like I knew one family. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now there were 11 kids because Mormons, but uh, (laughs) still, (laughs) you know, 
two of them were nice to me. So wow, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I kind of saw at a very early age, like, oh, wait, it's not actually all love and light and friendship, and everyone loves you. It's actually like clicks and mean girls and all that that bad stuff that there is at school too you know like it was it was an eye-opener and I started to see just kind of cracks yeah Uh, cracks in the shelf is uh is what we call it and I really start I started refusing to go or asking not to go around 14 um and then so I have PTSD (laughs) um and stuff's real fuzzy for me and I stuff just comes back in bits and pieces Mm -hmm. but around 15 I think is when I really like started refusing to go Mm -hmm. and by 16 I you know it was it was like a physical fight every Sunday like dragging me out by 16 I was uh working so I just made sure that I worked on Sundays gotcha. which was not supposed to be yeah. but they couldn't really <laughs> stop me um and then I was totally I, I totally stopped going and then when I was 19 I had broken up with my boyfriend and I decided to go back as an adult hmm. and give it another shot okay. was this for me Or was I just being a rebellious kid at the time? Did I just hate it because it was my parents? Yeah. You know, religion, whatever. And I went back and it was like far worse than I could have imagined. (laughs) Like (laughs) it was high, you know, I was in this young single adults ward, they call it, where literally it's just everyone that is above high school age that is not married yet. (laughs) um and to give you an idea of mormon culture you can't go anymore once you're 30 so that means pretty (laughs) much everyone's married by 30 yeah already yeah Uh, it's it's interesting because i uh i definitely have a couple of experiences having grown up in the evangelical christian church uh that mirrors this this like trying one last hurrah like in young adulthood and being like whoa things are even weirder than i thought Um, yeah yeah yeah. all of this resonates a lot um but let's step back a little bit because i i want to make sure that uh anybody who's listening really follows clearly not you and I can have this conversation and I can, <laughs> I can fully embrace that you refer to Mormonism as a cult. Um, explain to somebody who might not be as aware, like what, cause not everybody uses that word to describe, it's a religion to a lot of people. So like what brought you to kind of using that language and, and what's, what's the PTSD all about? Like what, what is what what's oh, the pain boy. point there? <laughs> so the that's a that's loaded. So <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't go in halfway. <laughs> okay. Anyone who thinks that Mormonism is a religion 
is entitled to their opinion. Sure. However, <laughs> I personally believe their opinion is wrong. <laughs> if we're going by the definition of what a cult is. Okay. So tell me, tell me that. There are, if we're going by what the, it, there's the B-I-T-E model of how to measure a cult. I don't know okay. if you've ever researched any of this. No, but go all the way in. <laughs> it's about behavioral, intellectual, something, and emotional control. What is the T? Okay. I don't know. Anyway, it's about all the different types of control mm. that the group uses over the individual. And um, there's different, you know, points within it. And it's it's a standard by which you can take and look at whatever group you're trying to observe and and measure for yourself mm -hmm. if you consider that a cult. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean, it, it's really there's no there's just no question if you look at it yeah. um, with with Mormonism. Um, so it really is about like this exertion of control over a community and, yes. and individuals. And I, I mean, I'm also making the assumption that there's like a lot of deeply um, problematic indoctrination involved. Yes. Um, brainwashing, indoctrination, the, the sexual abuse that is hidden within the church mm. by the upper um levels of I'll say clergy to use mm -hmm. language you'll understand yeah is not okay not okay uh yeah. the the way that even if you take like doctrine mm -hmm. out of it because you know religion is religion and you can if you want to believe that pigs fly and we all know that pigs don't fly okay that's your religion <laughs> yep it they knowingly tell their they knowingly preach to their followers things that are untrue mm. that anyone with the internet can look up <laughs> it was much easier to be a mormon before the internet you know, you are not the first person to have told me this, that like, yeah. that they uh, had never considered any other way of thinking until they got introduced to Google. And then all of a sudden right. they were like, wait a minute. And they so, started like, deep yeah. diving on their like religious upbringing. When I, so I left when I was 21, officially. Mm -hmm. I did not officially leave until I was able to leave my parents' house. Mm -hmm. and, and when I, I left my parents' house was when I... Presumably when you got married, that was your golden ticket? When I, yeah, when I left and came here to Pennsylvania mm -hmm. um, with my then fiancé. Mm -hmm. Because I the, the fear that's in you is so great. I wouldn't even look up on Google in my own on my own laptop in my own bedroom with the door that locks in my parents house I wouldn't even Google wow. something about wow. the church okay um and I had to and they followed me to Philadelphia the hmm. church followed me 
and they harassed me. And when I told them to stop contacting me, they told me that I had to legally remove my name from the records. <laughs> what does that mean? I had to go through a legal removal of my name from the records before they would leave me alone. So if you're, if you want to tell me that that's not a cult. Yeah, that's like, that's like almost like gang level stuff. (laughs) Like what? Yes. I could tell you so many stories, but you don't have time. (laughs) I'm, I'm now deeply entrenched in the ex-Mormon community. I I'm just now processing and and have found my people. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, because the whole time I was married, I I didn't. I just I just went. Okay, I'm just gonna put that behind this this door, and I'm gonna lock that, and I'm gonna go. Bye bye to Mormons. Bye. <laughs> and I just like literally never thought about it again. Yeah, isn't it and- interesting too how growing up in such a like deeply entrenched like a meshed community we end up trading one for the other yeah like it's not that we're like chasing cults or religion even but it but it is in a sense like we end up like finding new groups because that's all we know (laughs) I'm in a crazy religious community (laughs) 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 and they say all the time to me they're like you just get it you're so knowledgeable blah 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 and I'm like you have no idea (laughs) You have no idea. So you're 35. Yes. You're you're finally free to kind of untangle a lot of the stuff from your past and being forced to at the same time kind of reinvent yourself career-wise and and it makes sense that all of this is kind of like all leading up to this new venture. How are you feeling about all that? That's a lot going on. Do you want the podcast answer or do you want the real <laughs> answer? <laughs> Give me both. Give me both. Um, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited for my new life. (laughs) All right. All right. Now cut the shit. (laughs) No, things have been horrible. I mean, um, it's been really, really bad. I, uh, I, uncovered some suppressed memories mm. during this uh, pandemic and dur- because of that uh, the floodgates were so- like opened I guess okay. <laughs> um, so I've been experiencing um, PTSD symptoms really intense flashbacks mm. with like tremoring like seizure type tremoring wow um it's gosh you are you and I are so (laughs) similar in that our bodies never let our brains lie to us that yeah right like if if there's something sitting there the body just says well if you're gonna ignore it then I'm just gonna make take things into my own yeah oh yeah no it's horrible apparently even when I'm asleep I'm doing it all night oh yeah, so you can imagine how well he's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just a bundle of laughs over here. Um, but you know, we're I have the most supportive partner and I have world's best little girl. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that's all I can really ask for. I every time somebody's like, Oh, how you doing? I'm like, I'm alive. Yeah. 
Well, and like, like real talk, you've yeah. reinvented yourself once before, twice before. Like yeah. you, you've done this already. So yeah. it's scary right now. And there's a lot to be kind of like, there's a lot at risk, but I don't think anyone who knows you well would say that they're like, that they think this is going to fall, you know, like, yeah, we've seen, we've seen you rise up and you're going to do it again. It's just the, the not knowing how is the scary part. That that's just it, you know, just being unsure. I've never been in, you know, no one has. I, I hate to even say I've never been in this position because no one's been in this position with, with what's happening in the world. Oh right yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, just to be so unknown is so crazy, mm-hmm. you know, and for somebody with extreme anxiety disorder <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be, to be out of control, to be completely out of control of like, your job situation, your living situation, your health situation, like every situation is very, very scary. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just, honestly, I take every day at a time and I do my art (laughs) and I listen to music and that's how I'm living life. And I am hoping that I can help other people process whatever they need to process and find tools to cope because we all need that right now oh my goodness like literally the very first words out of my mouth and I've I've probably said this on this podcast already um the first words out of my mouth the day that everything shut down were we don't have the mental health infrastructure for this no we don't have any coping (laughs) skills for this I know like, no. I, I just, and I think that that's the part that like people took for granted at first and then like they felt it, but they didn't really know what to do with it. And mm-hmm. now like more and more people are just like completely hitting the wall. And I think that, that, that we still haven't hit rock bottom yet. No. <laughs> um, I think that the more we kind of all emerge from our caves in the next couple of years, the more we're going to realize that like, oh, yikes, we are all different people um than we were before all of this definitely and and like what are we going to do with that we have to make space for that and we have to just kind of like give ourselves grace to to keep figuring that out and and well and we should be we should be in my opinion you know if if everything if everybody stayed the same then we'd be doing it wrong yeah so i think then you're probably a robot (laughs) Right. You know? <laughs> and then that's a different kind of apocalypse. <laughs> that is very true. Okay. So Paige, I, I uh, always end the podcast uh, with this one question. Oh crap. <laughs> I should have given you a heads up, but I think you're good off, off the cuff. Um, okay. So the question is, if you could go back and give. Already some- hate it. Yeah, I know. I know. Give some, give some wisdom to your younger self. What do you wish that you could go back and say? And younger self is like very vaguely defined. You can pick whoever that might've been. Or we can also frame it as what do you wish your daughter would grow up knowing that somebody should have told you? Oh, interesting. 
to always make sure you're talking to somebody at all times about your feelings. Mm. So you feel like there was a lot of time that you did not feel safe to do that? Yes. I am a two-time suicide survivor. Mm. And if I had always had somebody that I could talk to, maybe things would have been better. And I hope she and I have an amazing talking relationship right now. And I hope that I always keep that. Mm -hmm. Who knows? She's only eight, but I'm trying really hard. (laughs) She is. She is very good people. And she is a a very wise child. So I have, I mean, that's the thing is like as parents, the best we can do is just model what we want them to learn in our own lives yeah. And also create the safe space for them to practice with us. And it sounds yes. like you're you're doing those two things perfectly. We talk about our feelings a lot more than she wants to, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that though. I mean, that's beautiful. And it's funny, you know, I ask this to every person who's come on the podcast and um, I haven't heard that one yet. So that like, I think that's really important too. Oh, that- good that we uh, make space for that. Cause it does, it does make sense. Just, yeah. Just keep putting your feelings out there. And, and if you're not feeling heard, find a new person. Yes, definitely. Before we go, I wanted to say thank you for sharing this whole story and also for not like um, candy coating it, because I think that it will resonate with people and hopefully felt cathartic for you too, to be able to talk about it in a real way. Yeah, I hope um, I wasn't too harsh. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, I mean, it was the perfect level of uh, real and 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 true to who you are. So I hope you don't exactly... get any hate comments. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, say them to me, not Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before I let you go, can you share any places that we should be following you uh, one more time, please, like social media or website or whatever? Yes, everything is pink, tiny angry mighty it's that on instagram and facebook and pink tiny angry mighty.com p-t-a-m because i know yeah. somebody is going to be like was it angry pinky t- <laughs> <laughs> nope it's p-t-a-m you are correct okay so uh hopefully people will keep that in their heads and uh i'm excited to see what keeps coming out of this i think me too this is this is gonna be good stuff and i mean yeah uh this the podcast will go live with one of my lovely photos that i took of you Uh, so everyone will see your gorgeous smile and your vibrant hair and they'll (laughs) they'll like immediately get it this is like the perfect title for you so i'm excited (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this episode of midlife plot twists Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and show some extra love by leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on my website at lucybaberphotography.com or on Instagram at lucybaber. Thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait to chat again soon. Until next time.